0: That's Ben Wallace speaking as he went into that NATO meeting. Um, a NATO meeting which incidentally is going to be reconvened in a week's time, uh, at least that's on the in the calendar now, and it's going to be attended, we understand, by the US President in person, President Joe Biden, coming across to talk to NATO leaders and other leaders in what I imagine will be an absolute blitz of meetings with various people. So let's bring in Simon Marks, who's live in Washington, D.C., for us right now. Um, the President will be adding his personal personal weight in his presence to the deliberations next week, Simon.
1: Yes, I think from uh, the White House perspective, Martin, this is an absolutely crucial moment in the Biden presidency, an opportunity for uh, Joe Biden to cross the Atlantic, uh, be seen to be sitting around the table with leaders of NATO, again sending uh, a very strong message to Russia that the Western alliance is more united than it has ever been, the White House argues, uh, in light of Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine. This is not, of course, where the Western alliance truly expected to be three weeks into uh, Russia's military campaign in Ukraine. President Biden had, uh, in the run-up to all of this, consistently predicted that while Ukrainian armed forces might be able to resist the Russian onslaught to some degree, no one expected that three weeks into this conflict, the Russians would already uh, be facing something of a quagmire, although it's still not apparent that Vladimir Putin is entirely ready uh, to take any kind. of off-ramp and begin the process of resolving all of this, although uh, both sides, the Ukrainians and the Russians, do say that some of those peace talks that have been taking place uh, at a lower level than uh, either uh, Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin or Sergei Lavrov and Antony Blinken are beginning uh, to bear some fruit. We've got uh, important hours ahead here today in Washington. Uh, President Volodymyr Zelensky, in about an hour and a quarter, uh, will be making a video link address to a joint session of Congress, following on, of course, from the appearance uh, that he made yesterday before the Canadian Parliament and the appearance that he made a few days ago uh, before Parliament in London. Both of those uh, elicited lengthy standing ovations for him. I'm sure we're going to see exactly the same play out today uh, on the floor of the United States Congress. So that gets underway uh, uh, in an hour and a quarter. So uh, I'm losing track of the hours because they've all <laughs> <laughs> but we've put our clocks forward. Long story, but I think that's one o'clock your time. It is, is indeed, it not, Mark, Simon, is it?
0: You're spot on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's one p.m. your time, and it will be interesting. It will be interesting because this is not the first occasion, of course, that President Zelensky has made this appeal to um, to administrators, to lawmakers in various fora around the world. Um, what sort of reception do you think he'll get in Congress?
1: Well, he's going to get a rousing reception, uh, of course, from the vast majority of members of Congress, although there is certainly within the House of Representatives uh, a group of right-wing Trump-leaning uh, Republican supporters who have largely been uh, parroting many of the Russian lines about the situation uh, in Ukraine and eagerly spreading some Russian misinformation. The Republican Party is going to have some uh, explaining to do and uh, a little bit of internal resolution to try and achieve on that issue when this is all over. But the real question is, uh, what's going to happen after Volodymyr Zelensky in this speech, as he's bound to, once again urges the creation of a no-fly zone and urges more support from the West for the Ukrainian resistance? That no-fly zone, still seemingly off the table from the perspective of the White House, although, interestingly, yesterday, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi... Uh, indicated that she was frustrated about the fact that the United States had done nothing uh, from the air to pulverize that stalled Russian convoy of uh, military hardware that only recently began, once again, its advance uh, on Kiev. Remember, Nancy Pelosi was the first voice here uh, within the Democratic Party leadership to uh, urge President uh, Biden to ban Russian oil imports. And a few days later, uh, he did so. The White House had not previously been planning to do that. Will she have the same impact on a no-fly zone? I think that's a, a much higher bar. President Biden today, though, uh, is going to meet the moment of uh, Zelensky's speech to Congress by unveiling a fresh billion-dollar expenditure uh, on weaponry and military assistance that the White House insists can still get into Ukrainian hands, despite, obviously, the extremely dangerous and violent situation that exists with within Ukraine. So that billion dollars is... That's uh, quite uh, a number, isn't it? Wow. Um, Do we know what it is, Simon? We we don't know the details of precisely what he's planning to send and there's going to be enormous interest in that, of course, given the conversation last week about the polls saying that they were planning to send their MiG fighter jets to the Ukrainians and the Americans would backfill. The Americans then blocked all of that. Let's see what's in the package. But this is just potentially the start, Martin, because it's being carved out of that $13.6 billion uh, expenditure uh, signed into law by President Biden, earmarked for both military and humanitarian assistance for Ukraine. So a billion takes, uh, you know, obviously has the potential to make a big difference on the battlefield, but the message to the Russians is President Biden's got another $12.5 billion in his back pocket that equally is poised for expenditure in Ukraine. The United States, I think, is seeking to indicate that uh, they are absolutely in this for the long haul.
0: Uh, some, could I just do a, a, a very big pivot, although I guess it might be related in the sense of finances. Um, you may well be feeling yourself a little poorer if your mortgage rate goes up after that announcement by the Fed tonight. Is, is the odds now that they're going to put up interest rates by a measure?
1: Well, I think that that is the uh, expectation of the markets. Jerome Powell, uh, the chair of the Fed, certainly a few days ago, indicated that he was looking at the possibility of a quarter percentage point uh, movement. I mean, the Fed is under pressure, not in large measure because of Ukraine, although obviously the impact of Ukraine on the price of uh, oil uh, has caused anxiety within the United States and within the White House. But the Fed's also under pressure because inflation here is at a 40-year record high, And shows no sign of abating. So they are keen, I think, to do something. They've been indicating for weeks uh, that movement could come as early as March. We are just past the Ides of March, aren't
0: we? So (laughs) uh, I suppose uh, it's a propitious moment, perhaps, for that to occur. Simon, thank you very much indeed. Simon Marks for us, live from Washington, D.C. And, of course, the developments on that speech, uh, I'm sure Chris Golds is in the chair from one o'clock today, will reflect uh, the President Zelensky speech to uh, Congress um, in our coverage after one o'clock.